0: Today we're going to set our sights on the stars in the Bible. The Bible is incredibly interconnected with threads that run through it from beginning to end. In this podcast, I will uncover these threads, help you dig deeper into God's truth, and inspire you to live your life with greater confidence and joy. Welcome to Bible Threads with me, Dr. Bruce Becker, So what comes to mind when you hear the word stars? It's a word that is used in different ways. There are the stars which dot the nighttime sky, and there's a lot of them. Do you know how many stars astronomers estimate are just in our own Milky Way galaxy? According to NASA, there are 100 billion stars in the Milky Way on the low end and 400 billion on the high end. The sun in our solar system is just one of those more than 100 billion stars. You know, that's incredible to think about, isn't it? But the Milky Way is just one galaxy in our universe. There are many more. In fact, astronomers estimate that there are 100 billion other galaxies in the universe. So, let's do a little math. If we estimate that each galaxy has a hundred billion stars and there are a hundred billion galaxies, then the total number of stars in the universe is about one septillion. That's the number one followed by 24 zeros. Try to wrap your brain around that number. Bottom line, there's a whole lot of stars in the universe. Another kind of star is portrayed as a five-pointed figure or shape. Unless, of course, you're Jewish, then you have a six-pointed star, known as the Star of David. And you can find this six-pointed star on Israel's national flag. The five-pointed figure or symbol is used in many ways. Probably the most common is that stars are used to rate or rank goods and services. For example, you purchase a product online from Amazon. Amazon wants you to rate it. Five stars is the best, one star is the worst. Or I suppose no stars is even worse than one star. This five-star rating system is also used by Google, for example, to rate restaurants, movies, hotels, websites, you name it. The word star is also used to describe people who excel in their field of work. There are stars who excel in business, in sports, in entertainment. There are five-star salespeople, five-star teachers, five-star realtors. Just name the profession and you will find that there are stars in that field. So you see the word star is used in our English language in a variety of ways. That's also true in the Bible. For sure, the Bible speaks about the physical stars in the heavens. But it also speaks about stars as objects of worship, as a metaphor for God's Old Testament people and God's New Testament people. In addition, the Bible also speaks about stars as signs of the end times. And there's a special star mentioned in the Bible, and we'll get to that later. Let's start with the physical stars. Keep in mind, there are one septillion of them, give or take a trillion. We first hear about these stars in the opening chapter of Genesis, when our Creator God made them. We read, God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, that was the sun, and the lesser light to govern the night, that's the moon. He also made the stars. To truly appreciate the stars in the nighttime sky, one needs to go to a place far from city lights. I've experienced this in the northwoods of Wisconsin several times and in the Rocky Mountains last summer. There are places where you can go to look up into the sky and just marvel at the stars in the galaxy. You can even see the milkiness, if that's a word, of the Milky Way. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, check out some pictures of the Milky Way. And then go find a place where it's really dark it's an incredible sight to see in person even without a telescope there are many references in the Bible to the stars in the heavens but there are two I'd like to focus on one is from the book of Job chapter 9 now we don't know exactly when Job lived because there are no references to other people or places or times in the book Some scholars think that Job lived after the flood, but before Abraham. Other scholars think he lived after Joseph, but before Moses. And still other scholars think that he lived during Moses' lifetime. We really don't know. But I think there are a couple of indicators that suggest Job lived before Abraham walked this earth. One indicator is that Job made sacrifices to God. That suggests he lived before the descendants of Jacob became a nation, when only the priests from the tribe of Levi made sacrifices. Another indicator is is that Job and his family lived a long life. Job likely lived more than 180 years. That lifespan is more consistent with an earlier time in the Old Testament. If you pressed me on this, I'd lean toward Job living before Abraham. And I forgot to mention that Abraham lived about 2,000 years before Jesus was born. Anyway, back to chapter 9. Job made a confession about God and his creating activity. Job made reference to four different constellations in the galaxy. This is what he said. He, referring to God, is the maker of the Bear and Orion, the Pleiades, and the constellations of the south. The bear is also known as the Ursa Major, or the Big Dipper, a constellation of seven stars located in the northern sky. Next, Job mentioned Orion, a constellation named for a hunter. It is one of the brightest constellations in the southern sky. The third one that Job mentioned was the Pleiades, seven large stars, that later Greek mythology would name as the seven daughters of the god Atlas, who was thought to hold the earth and the heavens on his shoulders. The last constellations that Job mentioned were simply the constellations in the south. You know what is remarkable to me is the depth of knowledge about astronomy that that Job had. The second passage uh, is from the Psalm, Psalm 147. The Psalmist says, He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Now think about that. Human astronomers estimate there are about one septillion stars in the universe. The God who created them all knows the exact number and gave them each a name. I don't know about you but my puny brain can't begin to grasp the greatness and power of our God but I know this the stars in the universe testify to that greatness and power did you know that for centuries people have made the stars in the galaxy objects of their personal worship when the Israelites were about to enter the land promised to Abraham Isaac and Jacob after wandering in the Sinai Peninsula for 40 years, Moses told the people to be on guard against worshiping created things rather than the Creator. In the land of Canaan that they were about to take possession of were people who worshiped the sun, moon, and stars. Moses warned of worshiping any created shape, any animal or bird or fish in the sea, and he then added, And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshiping things the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. The Lord was so serious about his people not worshiping the sun, moon, or stars, that later in the book of Deuteronomy, he told the people, If a man or a woman living among you in one of the towns, the Lord gives you is found doing evil in the eyes of the Lord, your God in violation of his covenant and contrary to my command has worshiped other gods bowing down to them or to the sun, the moon or the stars in the sky. And this has been brought to your attention. Then you must investigate it thoroughly. And you know what the punishment was for worshiping heavenly objects? death by stoning. The Lord considered this kind of worship detestable. In Acts chapter 7, when Stephen addressed the Sanhedrin, he recounted the fact that the Old Testament Israelites often failed to worship the Creator, and instead worshipped created things. Stephen quoted the prophet Amos, who was speaking the word of the Lord. The Lord said, Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings forty years in the wilderness, people of Israel? You have taken up the tabernacle of Moloch, and the star of your god Rephan, the idols you made to worship. Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Worship of the idol Moloch was detestable to the Lord. One reason, it involved the sacrifice of children yet some in Israel worshipped Moloch. Stephen's reference to the star of the god Ruffin is considered by many Bible scholars as referring to the planet Saturn. Now Saturn was worshipped by the ancient Egyptians. So it seems likely, or at least possible, that the Israelites had learned about worshipping Saturn while they were slaves in Egypt. Because the Israelite people worshipped created things rather than the Creator, God would one day exile them to Babylon, a culture that also worshipped the stars. You see, God created the stars in the sky, but He never wanted His people to worship them. Yet today, people still worship the stars. It's called, not the scientific discipline known as astronomy, but rather the pseudoscience known as astrology, which is no science at all. Did you know that there is an Eastern Hindu astrology alongside a Western astrology? With both versions, there are 12 astrological signs or sectors, 30 degrees each, that make up the Earth's 360 degree orbit around the sun. The signs begin on the first day of spring, which is called the vernal equinox. Aries is the first sign, followed by Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. These 12 signs or segments are known as the Zodiac. Each sign was named after a constellation of stars that the sun moved through while crossing the sky. But here's something interesting. Over the centuries, Western astrology segments have shifted out of alignment that they were named after. This is because of a phenomenon known as axial precession, which is just the fancy term for the gravity caused slow movement of the earth's axis. What this means is is that the original constellation, for example, Aries, is no longer aligned with the original calendar date beginning on March 21st, the first day of spring. So what I want to know is how confident can people be who put stock in reading their horoscope when the stars don't even align with the day? People today still worship the stars and I suspect God is not pleased. There's a third way the Bible uses the word stars, used as a metaphor for God's Old Testament people. In Genesis chapter 12, we are introduced to Abram, who would later be called Abraham. The Lord came to Abram one day and promised that he, the Lord, would make Abram into a great nation through whom all peoples on earth would be blessed. By the way, Abram was 75 years old at the time, and he and his wife Sarai, later to be called Sarah, had no children. Let's fast forward to Genesis chapter 15, where we learn that Abram and Sarai still had no children. So Abram decided that he would make one of his servants, a man by the name of Eleazar, his heir. The Lord came to him in a dream and said, Abram, not so fast. The Lord said, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. The Lord would repeat this star metaphor promise to Abram a second time, and then repeat it also to Isaac and to Jacob. God's Old Testament people would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. The word stars is also a metaphor for God's New Testament people which includes you and me. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Christians living in the Macedonian city of Philippi, wrote this. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Christians are like stars a shining beacon of light in a world darkened by evil and violence. This passage also reminds me of what Jesus said, You are the light of the world. In the book of Revelation, we find another reference to stars. The apostle John, who was exiled to the island of Patmos, was gifted by God with a series of visions that revealed that no matter how evil this world gets, the Lord is still in control And he still wins in fact he's already won he has already defeated satan and has secured our eternal life here's what we read in his right hand in the right hand of jesus he held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance when i saw him this is john speaking i fell at his feet as though dead Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write therefore what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches so who are the angels of the seven churches by the way the seven churches were seven actual Christian churches that existed in the first century they were all located in the western part of Asia Minor which today is the country of Turkey the seven churches were located in seven cities Ephesus Smyrna Pergamum Thyatira, sardis philadelphia and that's not pennsylvania and the last one in laodicea back to the word angel it means messenger so who were the messengers that delivered a message in these seven churches it is very likely referring to the pastors of these churches they delivered god's message to the people through their teaching In this vision the stars represented god's new testament messengers to his new testament people matthew mark and luke's gospels all refer to something happening to the stars in the universe just before the lord jesus returns on the last day this is what jesus said as recorded by mark but in those days following that distress The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. So, if you ever see stars falling from the sky, get ready. Jesus is about to return. I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that there is a special star mentioned in the Bible, and it's mentioned twice. One occurrence is in the Old Testament, and the other is in the New. It's a special star called the Morning Star. So here is the big question for the day. Ready for it? Who is the Morning Star? Is the Morning Star Satan, or is the Morning Star Jesus? The answer to this very important question is, yes. Let me explain. The first reference to the morning star as an individual is in Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah wrote, "'How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations.'" Now, I read this from the New International Version. Do you know how the King James Version and the New King James translate it? Instead of Morning Star, the King James Version say, Lucifer, son of the morning. Now, it's clear from the rest of the chapter that Isaiah is referring to Satan's fall from heaven. Satan being cast out of heaven and earth, uh, down to the earth, reminds me of something Jesus said in Luke 10. Prior to this, Jesus had sent out 72 missionaries to tell people about him. When they returned, they were ecstatic. They said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. To which Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So in the Old Testament, the morning star refers to Satan who was cast out of heaven after he rebelled against God. Now in the New Testament, in Revelation chapter 22, Jesus unmistakably identifies himself as the morning star. In the last chapter of Revelation, Jesus tells the apostle John, I, Jesus, have sent my angel, my messenger, to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright morning star. So, why are both Jesus and Satan described as the morning star? Why is the same term used to describe both? It's interesting to note that this concept of the morning star is not the only concept that is applied to both Jesus and Satan. For example, in Revelation chapter 5, Jesus is referred to as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. In the Apostle Peter's first letter, he describes Satan as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Both Jesus and Satan... Are described as having characteristics of a lion, but they're totally different characteristics. Jesus is similar to a lion in that he is the king. He is royal, powerful. Satan is similar to a lion in that he seeks to devour other creatures. Jesus and Satan have very different characteristics compared to a lion. Did you also notice that Jesus didn't just say that he was a morning star? He said he was the bright morning star. The word bright can also mean shining or radiant. The bright morning star is a star that outshines all the others. Jesus as God's son, the Lord of the universe and creator of all is the bright morning star. Jesus is the most holy and powerful light in all the universe. Remember how Jesus told his followers, I am the light of the world. One final thought to keep in mind when we talk about the morning star. Satan is a created being. He exists because God created angels. He was an angel before he fell away and rebelled. So while both Jesus and Satan can be described as morning stars, there's no equating Jesus and Satan, not even close. Satan is a created being. Jesus is the creator and the light of the world. Only Jesus' light is bright. Satan may be a morning star, but nothing like the one true bright morning star, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Stars. They're one of the Bible's storylines. You know, if you have any thoughts or questions about this podcast, please email me at bruce at timeofgrace.org. Thanks for listening. I do want to tell you, that I'll be taking some time off this summer from my podcast, but I'll be back. This fall, I'll be starting a new Bible thread series called By the Numbers. We'll take a look at how different numbers are used in the Bible, along with their significance and symbolism. Until then, why don't you check out our other podcasts at Time of Grace. I think you'll appreciate listening to them. God bless.